Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. I am so excited on this episode. We have an amazing amount of energy that we're going to bring to you on this episode. I have two amazing, super amazing, like super women on this show um, who attended the KSEP program this year, the first cohort. And I'm super excited to actually have them kind of share, introduce themselves as we dive into a little bit about how the program was for them uh, and the impact that it had on them and their own inner work that they're doing. So, Caroline, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, I discovered Milton through his podcast. So to be on it is like such an honor. So hi, I'm Caroline McKinney and I am a three. My self-preservation instinct is repressed and uh, my social and sexual are dominant. I don't know if that's all the information that you wanted, but I gave it to you. There you go. (laughs) That's all good. That's all good. Melanie, please introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? My name is Melanie Taylor. Really excited to be here. I found out about Milton and his business, Kaizen, through the podcast as well. So this is this is like coming full circle. This is wild. I'm glad to be here. Also, identify as Enneagram Type 3. Intro music. Let's go. excited to announce my new partnership with BetterHelp. This episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. So I'm super excited uh, about this partnership that me and BetterHelp have um, entered into because in this point where everything that we're doing right now to connect with people is more virtual, it is so important mental health. I think that aligns perfectly with things that we're trying to do, things that I want to do, and um, anybody that I would refer or think that could be potentially beneficial to the audience. And I think BetterHelp is definitely one of them. BetterHelp is basically, it's online counseling or therapy. So you're able to actually get some counseling or therapy uh, depending on what's going on from licensed counselors and therapists around the country. And um, you get to be able to get some of that one-on-one mental checkup that you may need and BetterHelp is able to help you. So just go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it and you'll get a 10% discount for your first month. All right. All right. We're back. We have two amazing threes on a podcast. So first of all, this is absolutely amazing because in the Enneagram world, it can be difficult to get threes to Enneagram programs. Like it's for real, right? Because the work for the three can be difficult in a culture like America, right? Where it's push, do better, work harder, get your, the next accolade, the next achievement, right? And so sometimes threes are rewarded for the behavior that they may not necessarily need to contribute to at the same time. So it can be a challenge for them. So I think it's just phenomenal that they're here first and foremost. I just want to say that. So first question, what did you enjoy most about the Kaizen Complete Enneagram program? I'm throwing it to you first, Caroline. 
Man, there was so much that I enjoyed about the program. And if I had to boil it down to one, it would be like the the safe container in which to grow. Where I mean, like you said, threes, it's it's hard to look yourself in the mirror. Like we tend to, or at least speaking for myself, live kind of reality adjacent, you know, and like we re-identify certain things and we don't like looking at the stuff that's under the rug and stuff. So having a space that was so positive and uplifting in order to do that work was probably my favorite part. So like having that community to lean on while going through the various obstacle courses, I guess, for for, uh, personal growth. So the growth was huge for me. I wouldn't have been able to happen without such a supportive community. What about you, Melanie? Well, one thing you got to know about me is like low key, I'm kind of a nerd. So just having all of this information and exercises and videos and all of this stuff to be able to dive into over 12 weeks was really exciting for me. So when when Milton calls it the complete Enneagram program, like that's not that's not just a flex, like this thing is complete. One of the things that really drew me into it was it's not just like a seminar. So you're not just getting the information. The focus of the course is for you to really integrate what you're learning. So the ability to not just read about it or listen to somebody else talk about it, but you're actually having to discuss these things over the course of 12 weeks with real people who are also trying to integrate this into their lives. There's growth work that you're doing on your own where you're trying to reflect and ask yourself difficult questions like, okay, I know this stuff in my mind, but am I really doing this? Like, do I really treat people this way? Do I really listen? Am I really able to see these patterns playing out in in real life and real time with real people? So I just think that that's a really holistic approach to the Enneagram. Uh, and, and I don't know a whole lot about just like the Enneagram world, you know, Milton would kind of tell us things on Slack, but uh, apparently there's folks out in these streets that just like read about it a lot, but then don't ever really do the inner work that's necessary to, to kind of move up in the levels of health. So I like a challenge. Maybe that's coming from my type structure, but yeah, it, it felt like a good challenge, but like a doable one in the sense that you Every week you're being confronted with like, oh man, I don't really got this thing like I thought I did. But it, you know, it feels like every week you have little goals for yourself that are personal or relational. And it's like, I, I really can do this. Like if I if I show up fully and I really press in, like this really is doable. And I can I can see growth from from one week to the next and from the beginning of the program to the end. Thank you for that. I hope that answered the question. I, I know that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Let's go off of just what you were talking about. You were talking about challenges. So what, for you, Melanie, was the most challenging part of the KSEP program? So I'm in school right now, too. And, you know, Milton's like, 12-week program. I was like, okay, cool. You know, this sounds like a good opportunity, but you don't really... I didn't really know how involved it would be, but that was actually a good thing for me. Like, I, I don't like to waste my time. Like, that's one of the biggest ways, actually, to make me mad is to waste my time. I don't appreciate it at all. So... Uh, when I showed up and Milton talking about some growth work and this is stuff that's taking me hours to do outside of the actual meeting time on Thursdays, I was like, oh, he teaching, teaching. Like, this is real. But <laughs> I was I was like, OK, if he's if he's like giving it this level of of energy and of input and of preparation, like I got to match that. Like, I'm not I got to come correct. So it showed me that, like, I'm going to get out of this what I'm going to put in. So in that sense. 
yeah, it was some work and it was a challenge, but now I'm like, I'm telling people, man, I did the whole KSET program and it feels like an actual accomplishment versus like some certificate I just got off the internet, if that makes sense. So, but it, it wasn't no joke. It wasn't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Caroline? What was the most challenging part for you? I think the biggest challenge for me was what I expected it was going to be. And it, I'm really grateful for something you had us do at the very beginning, which was, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but how I took it was like, what do you imagine is going to be your biggest obstacle and like kind of intention setting, like, how do you plan to approach it? And I really thought about it and told myself like, okay, I know that being vulnerable, especially in front of people is going to make me, it it, it does a number of things. Like it makes me want to, oh, you know, like maybe I accidentally schedule a meeting on Thursday and I can't go that one Thursday once it starts to hurt, you know what I mean? Or like I shy away from it or I put on a front, you know, cause we've all like, we're doing it on zoom and stuff. And so I really wanted to make sure that I showed up, that I showed up vulnerably. And I think that I did that really well because I was able to put that intent behind it, but it, it was still probably the most challenging thing. Um, like my journey with Enneagram started about a year ago and <laughs> so much of it at the beginning was like, Oh, I can finally put, words to describe why I suck <laughs> and like why I'm terrible at this. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was looking myself in the mirror and being like, oh, okay, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And all I could focus on was the bad and the ugly. And maybe that's the three in me being like, okay, let's fix all of this. So then I'm perfect, you know? So allowing myself to really look myself in the mirror, see myself, see reality for what it is, see truth for what it is, like get in alignment and not lying to myself about like things that are good or bad, you know, just really facing the truth, showing up, honestly, staying engaged, like doing those, like staying engaged wasn't difficult, but doing so while it was challenging was challenging. So, but it, it felt so good at the end though. So it was challenging. Good. Yeah. It's, it's that like being present, like bringing the full presence of yourself every time because of the, the challenge of the whole program. I enjoyed our group so much. And to have threes be able to say that I was able to come to a space of vulnerability and trust lends to, you know, not just how the how well the program was like set up organically, but also to the people who brought the energy there. Like you all were able to go there because that's a that's a big thing. Oh my goodness. You know, for everyone to come in and be like, I don't know these folks. And then <laughs> at the end of it, be like, I love y'all. I love y'all so much. Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> And have such good relationships. And I'm talking about like virtual, you know, most of us haven't like physically met, you know? So along those lines, which are getting to the thing that me and Melanie have been like darting around the whole time. What is something you learned about yourself and your type during the queso program? Hmm? What, is, what is something you learned? So I learned about the Enneagram for the first time, maybe like, seven, eight years ago. And from that moment, I read, I read the little descriptions and everything. I was like, oh, I'm a two. Like, it's, it's a wrap. I'm a two. And I thought I was. And I lived that way, told everybody I was, all that. Because uh, me and my friends and kind of the community that I was, that I've been a part of for like a decade, you know, a lot of people in that space know about the Enneagram. So we would talk about it, right? So I, I that's how I, I reached out to Milton. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a two, three, man, you know. And 
got connected with KSEP. It was like week 10. This is a 12 week program or a week, week eight or so. I'm like, man, I feel off. Like I just, something is not right. And I remember feeling that for like two, three weeks, like, man, I just feel different. And I told my friends that, and I was like, maybe my wing is shifting. Maybe my subtype stack is shifting. I've recently gone through a whole lot of transition. And then around like week 10, I was like, nah, man, like I gotta, I think I like messaged you during class or something. I'm like, we got to figure something out. And I was like, I think I'm a three. I think I'm a three. And I was like, really, you know, it's like so embarrassing, but I was shook, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's obviously the Enneagram is not your identity, but it's a framework that you use to understand a lot about yourself. So I'm like, I have been using this framework and operating out of this, like in my mind for like seven, eight years. And now if this thing's not true, like what are the implications of that in my decision-making, the way I relate to people, because this thing has really been in the background for a minute. So anyway, we did a little type of interview. This man was like, great, not a two. So I feel like I have <laughs> had a little quarter, not quarter life, third life crisis, a little bit. So much of your answers in our interv- in our typing interview was like three, 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 three. I was like, whoa, it's showing up everywhere. It's funny. So Caroline, can you tell me about that too? Because I think you two came out of like a breakout room and you were like, she a three, she a three. <laughs> Melanie's a three. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wanted you to be a three so bad because I was like, yeah, she's so cool. I wanted to be a three. <laughs> But the, some of the stuff we were talking about, like the questions you were asking, and I remember you saying something specifically like about maybe you thought you were a two for so long because you did the three chameleons thing and like you needed to be a two in those situations. So maybe that's why you felt like you needed to be a two. And so you thought you were a two and really that wasn't the case. And I mean, that is that spoke to threeness to me because I can relate, like I can be a seven when I need to. I can be a one if I pretend to, like, you know, we can do that. So I remember that sticking with me a lot. Yeah. I think it might've been week eight when we did, mm-hmm. we listened to those songs and it was like, we did the two song and I don't really <laughs> like, I mean, ah, no, sh- I, I don't want to, I know people really like that song. If there are twos, not, I don't mean any disrespect at all, but I, I guess it, it, the mm-hmm. point is like, I'm not a two, <laughs> but this song makes me mad. Like, I don't like it. I don't want it played around me. Because I think the part where he's like, you know, singing like, you can take the air out of my lungs. I'm like, <laughs> I'm your money what? Are you serious? Like, no, you may not. Also, why has it come to that? Like, I feel like there are so many, there's like a flow chart that we could go through of options before you take the air from my lungs. I'm just like, that feels a little excessive. Oh. That feels like a lot. <laughs> and then we listened to the three song and that thing like hit my soul. And it, I was like, whoa, what, you know? So I'm like, if this is how you're supposed to feel when you hear your song and I'm feeling like this from the three song and from, from a lot of the forest stuff too, that I'm like, I'm really not doing it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That was deep. I love that. Um, a lot of people need to hear that, though, because, you know, when you don't, when you you like, you have a type and then all of a sudden it's like, I don't think this is my type. It's like any of crisis. It's like you have an it's like, oh, my goodness. I don't know who I am anymore. Oh, my. You know, and it's like, and it's like, that's not true. You, It's not that. It's been just looking through it. 
Oh, yeah. But it was a big deal to me because there was this moment where I'm like, <laughs> and maybe this is a three thing too, but I'm like, no, I've like said that I was two and I feel like I was good at being a two. And now I have to stop doing that and be a three and I don't know how to be a three. And what if I'm bad at it? And what if other threes don't like me and they don't want me to be one? It was like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, doesn't make any yeah. sense, but I've been like really like, that is three, like wanting to be good at whatever you do and wanting to look the part and look the role. And you were thinking like, if I don't look the role, if I don't know how to play the part, how am I going to play it? You know, how am I going to do it? Yeah, I'm like, look, Googling like three stuff so that I can <laughs> learn how to be good at being three. <laughs> so that other threes won't be like, great, ain't no three, you know. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely three. Like, I think it lends into, it's very important for other people to hear it as well because other people struggle with being mistyped as well. Like, depending where you got your information from, who the teacher was, your, possibly your Enneagram overlays in your community, you can end up with the wrong type structure, you know? And then, you know, feel some kind of way if it's like different. It's like, oh my goodness, oh my. So to hear someone be able to say it and be like, hey, I was a different type, found out I'm actually not one. And being able to move through it is a really good thing. And like, I think it was great because it was a safe environment for you to be able to admit that and communicate that with the group, you know, because in a bigger group, if you didn't feel safe, you wouldn't have told anybody. You'd be like, I don't know. Let me wait to the end. For sure. And I think like, so I'm so glad Caroline was there because Karen, the way that she answered questions, I was like, oh, I'm really tracking with her. And I was in a, a home group with Lana, who's a two. Is that okay to say? I don't want to put nobody personal information out. <laughs> but she's a two and we vibed and everything, but she would say things and I'm like, oh, that's like, we're supposed to be the same number. And I know that we probably have different instincts and, diff you know, there's a lot that's different about us, but, and I can see her thought process, but I'm like, oh, that's not how I think about that. So, and a lot of times I'm sure people come into these spaces like, I just want to find out about my number, but it was so helpful to be able to hear like other types sharing. And if I hadn't, like, I, I don't know how long it would have taken me to figure that out if I hadn't been a part of this. I just don't know. I mean, after, after the class, when I was like really working through it and figuring it out, like some of my friends were like, yeah, like just never really sat right. So I'm like, I wish you would have said something, but I honestly, I don't think I would have listened. I would have been like, I would too. And you better let me be me, you know? So I'm glad that yeah, I don't think I would have because y'all don't y'all don't know me outside of this group. So you don't you don't care, you know, if I'm a two or three, it doesn't matter. But so for y'all to for people in the group to be like, I think you need to rethink this, you know what I'm saying? And it was like uh I came in, I came in the home group like, man, I gotta tell y'all something. Like, I'm not a I'm not a two. And I thought it was gonna be this big bomb. And they were like, uh yeah, we <laughs> didn't know how to tell you, but <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, y'all been letting me do this. For 10 weeks, 10 weeks. And they were like, yeah, we didn't think you really listened. So we're going to tell you on the last day. Also, Matt. The last day of school. <laughs> yeah. That's the interesting part, Enneagram types, for sure. And the first time, the first time I heard you and we talked, and you were like, I'm a two. And I was like, in my head, I was like, skirt, skirt. I was like, mm, I don't know you. But I don't, because I don't know you enough to be able to say you're not. But there was alarms going off. I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. She might be, but I don't think so. So that's interesting. Oh, my goodness. So what was something new you learned about yourself? Yeah. So opposite of Melanie, I uh, once I started working with you, Milton, I, I realized I was like, the three is three. That's ever three. <laughs> so I never had any question who, uh, what number I was. 
but I think, oh my gosh, I could go on forever about everything I've learned, but I think that rest is the thing that I learned the most about because I love dreaming big. I love going for it. I love just like throwing myself into something, whether it's work or something, you know, personal, whatever it is. But I would just push the pedal to the metal literally as hard as I could for as long as I could. And then the gas would run out eventually. And I eventually stopped kind of trusting myself with those big dreams and big goals, which was a huge bummer because then I would like kind of instead of going at it with full force, I'd be like, okay, should I even commit to this? And so realizing that, okay, like just scheduling and rest, that's huge. And if I know that something is going to be really big one week, scheduling and rest on that weekend so that I know that I'm prepared, like that's been huge. And just like asking myself questions has been big too, because otherwise you run out of gas when you actually need it. And that's, that's not good for anybody involved. Then you're unreliable. And then I would go into the lower side of my nine and just like wallow and be like, oh, this is, you know, you, you shouldn't, like my, the lesson I would learn is don't try. And that's not who I want to be at my core. You know, I want to try, I want to do. So it allowed me to think of rest differently and not rest is like laziness. Because I, I don't know, productivity isn't the end all be all. You just mentioned something extremely well that you do. I don't know if you even caught that you did this, but I think it's just a testament to your work. You just talked about how you healthily use both your arrows. You go, you use some of that arrow to the six to question yourself, to really start to process and thinking like, okay, let me really think about this. Um, and not the questioning yourself, like, can I do this? But the action yourself, like questions to help yourself really engage and really think about what you possibly could or want to do instead of like, I have to do, right? And then the one you mentioned at first, you know, the arrow to the nine for the three is that rest, you know, being able to say, I'm going to go into rest and understand and see rest differently because it's going to propel me to be the best version of myself that I can be. And so I think that's just a beautiful use of both the arrows, just a testament to your inner work that you're doing. So that that was great insight. Great insight on that one. It's all you, Milton. You taught me everything. <laughs> oh, it is y'all. Y'all doing the work. It is y'all doing the work. One thing I do want to mention, something, the reason I definitely wanted you two on the same episode is because you both are currently located in the state of Texas. And during our program, there was an ice storm one that may not ever happen, I don't know, in a, a hundred, 250 years again in Texas. I hope not. <laughs> <Listen. Yeah. laughs> We're so traumatized. One of the most amazing things is that, though, even though it's an ice storm, you both still came to class. That was so interesting. So can you both tell me about how that experience was and what like really drove you to still come to class because that was like catastrophic, traumatic, chaotic, every word I can think of that's like a catastrophe happening and you both still managed to make it to the class. So can you both kind of just talk about that? Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does going to work give you instant anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But 
Since you aren't going to quit your job, you should call Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving personal and workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, leadership, and conflict management, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace performance so you can improve your services and bottom line. You can reach Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. Yeah, it was really actually one of the scariest things I've encountered. Like I'm from the Midwest. I know Melanie, you're from the Midwest. And so like, it's not a matter of, oh, a lot of snow because we can handle snow. But what people might not understand that weren't a part of this event is that at first it was like, oh, the power might go out. Like there's a lot of storms. So then we're like, okay, like prepare for that. And it was just one thing after another where it was like, oh, it's going to be rolling blackouts. So prepare for a few hours with no power. Okay, well, then it's like two days with no power and there's no salt. No one's prepared in Texas for a snowstorm. So you can't even like go drive down the road. Like it was so scary and there's no power. People are like dying, freezing in their homes and their beds. Pets are messed up. Like it was terrifying. I felt like I was one of the absolutely lucky ones because we were able to get a hotel room and we we had to walk in the snow, like put my dog and all of our stuff in a backpack, food included, and walk like 30 minutes to a hotel room. And like, we were one of the lucky ones. And it was uh, so interesting too, because I saw my type play out so much, like with my self-preservation being repressed, my boyfriend and partner, roommate, dog, dad, he is a self-press for. So like there were a billion things going through my mind when this was all happening. And a lot of it was like guilt. And like he was packing up our stuff and he was like, okay, we're going to want coffee in the morning. So I'm going to bring the coffee beans. And I'm like, Sky, like we don't need that. We don't deserve that. Like these people are dying in the street. We don't deserve that. And he's like, Caroline, like we have coffee. It's not going to help somebody else to not bring the coffee. And stuff like that, like walking there, I like, we barely had any food and I like gave food to somebody and like, I was wanting to give them our blankets and we only had like three blankets. So we didn't really have much to give. So it was a really stressful period, um, but it, it was interesting to see how it played out. But I came to class because that's what I needed. Like I needed this space where I could come and not put like a glossy thing over it where I'm like, oh no, we're the lucky ones. So like, I don't have a right to complain. Like I was able to say, I'm the lucky one, but I am miserable. I am terrified. Like we're eating beans out of a can that we opened yesterday and I don't know when we're going to get food again. And so like having the community to like support us, like Milton, to your credit, you like opened up with like, how are y'all doing? And that meant a lot. And like, I just wanted to figure out like, what do I do in this situation? Why is this part hard for me? Like, why am I scared more for reasons that don't really make a ton of sense? I don't know. It was just, that's what I needed. And that's a huge testament to like what this program offered. Yeah. Cause I remember at the end you were, you were like, thank you all so much. Like, I'm so glad I came. I remember you saying that because you were like, I almost didn't because you're in like one of the most severe situations we could be in, but you was like, I'm so glad I came. So. Yeah, definitely. I was really grateful. Like there was a lot of anxiety and even just like the talking with each other was really helpful. What about you, Melanie? Yeah, I think it 
just probably <laughs> reflects a lot of my personality and my home group helped me realize this about myself too. But so where I was at, I think the storm was coming in like Sunday, Monday. And so my power went out Monday at like one o'clock in the morning. So I like woke up and, you know, it's the middle of the night. So I'm like, what I'm going to do, just go back to sleep, you know? So I went back to sleep and woke up. It was still out. It ended up being out for like 36 hours. I was able to go and stay somewhere else. So I, I didn't spend the second, the second night. I spent the night somewhere else that had heat, but didn't have water. And then on the app, like they... It was a mess, but there was there was like this little app where you could check if your neighborhood had power again. So I saw that my power is back on, came back home, then my water went out. My water was out for six days. Um, my situation wasn't as as dire as Caroline's. I just didn't have water most of that time, so I had to figure figure all that out. But I think for me, because I'm new to Texas, so I, I just got here in October, and then this is kind of like my first quote unquote, natural disaster. Like FEMA was here, you know, I didn't know what to do other than just to keep doing the things that were in my control and try as much as I could to, you know, be prayerful and support and give where I could to others, but not to start tweaking and stressing about the things that were outside of my control. And like Caroline said, it, it was really scary. You know, I remember I had gotten a case of water and I had to pay like, double, triple what a case of water normally costs, but then I got it. And then a few hours later, they put out the boil advisory. And then the next day I went to like five or six different places and nobody had any water and didn't know when they get any. So I've got this case of water. I'm trying to figure out how to drink it, do everything I need to do with it and still make it last, not knowing when I'm going to be able to get any more. And then you're going out and there's like you see cars sliding everywhere because people can't drive because there's like two inches thick of ice. And it's not even just the ice, like around me, it was like all the traffic lights were out. So you're trying to merge on and off the highway, five lanes across both sides and people treating it like a stop sign. It's just like so dangerous. And you're like, what in the world is worth me trying to get out in Texas and drive in this situation? You know what I'm saying? So Anyway, all that to say, I think I was just like, okay, Thursday's coming. Here's the thing I can control. I have my powers back on. I don't know when it's going to be on again or if it's going to go off. So like while it's on, I'm going to do everything that I can do, which is go to class because I committed to this thing. And I think honestly, like it gave me something else to think about other than the fact that there's people dying around me and the apartment building literally across the sidewalk from mine, like their whole roof caved in with water and they all had to get out. Like there were people, not my building, but like in my complex that I was seeing that were like being put out of their home with nowhere to go in the middle of an ice storm and all the hotels are full. So I'm like, that literally could have been me, but it wasn't. So I'm for sure going to like be about what I got to be about because anyway. Yeah. So I think it honestly, it took my mind off the situation. Um, so I was grateful for that. And I didn't want to just like lay on my couch and be sad. So, you know, like what else <laughs> was I going to do? <laughs> she said, I'm going to type three this thing and I'm going to work through this. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> but it, that's another thing that helped me, you know, kind of realize I had been this type because, you know, Lana, she was emailing me, checking on yep. me. She was checking on me before class. We got to class. Soon as she saw me, just burst into tears, me and you, Caroline. And I was like, you good? 
she a real one because I ain't never even like met this lady in person. But she was like, I'm going, I'm coming. <laughs> I was like, I was just thinking that when you both were talking, I was thinking Lana and we're going to make sure Lana hears this episode. But I was thinking Lana was like, I'm going to bring some salt trucks down there from here. I was like, we got the trucks. I'm coming. I was like, I believe you. Like, so that's incredible. Uh, that, that's absolutely incredible. And, you know, I'm very thankful and glad that you both were able to come and get something out of the community and feel like you were being aided in a time that was, you know, crazy as I'll get out. Yeah, you talked a lot about the instincts and how in a situation like that, everybody instincts kick, you know, kick in. So I think it was like Ooh, a real yes. case study. And from, you know, from what Caroline said, too, I think we both were looking at ourselves like, oh, man, we, we need we need to do this because, oh, man, because I'm like, I'm going to make all A's on all my assignments and I'm going to read. I ain't going to miss no assignments and I'm going to go to work and get all my hours. And I'm, and I'm like, what are you trying to prove right now? Like, I think you're just, <laughs> I think you're sad and you're tired and you're scared and you're thirsty and you're cold. I think that's yeah. really what you're feeling. So you're like, I, you know, I'm worried about all these things, but I can't control them. So I'm going to really overcompensate over here. You know, it was really interesting to see that in different other circumstances, just like a case study play out and play out. Like, I mean, I think that there was like a four who had something really tough happen and seeing her react to it. And then like Lana crying at our misfortune as a two. And then like, the, I don't know, seeing throughout the 12 weeks, I mean, stuff happens throughout 12 weeks in our lives and in the world and seeing it play out in everyone's different lives and their reactions to it. Like that was really interesting too, to learn like, oh, not everyone thinks the way I do like in these different scenarios. So that was also really educational too, to seeing like non-threes operate in the world. She said non-threes. Like, <laughs> <that's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think it was cool because it's like, we're all human. So we all hurt and feel pain, but like it, it hurts different for different people. So different people need different that's things. Right. And yeah, I think that's like, Again, in my mind, like in my approach to the class, I'm like, and I ain't here to make friends. I'm trying to get this work, you know, <laughs> like that's how I can come into the situation. But then in in that, I'm like, oh, this is part of it. Okay, this is part of it. Like, chill out, chill out, you know. So that, that was really good for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. So the next question for your specific type structure, uh, what advice or tips would you give someone who is literally just learning the Enneagram and they just found out there are three. What advice would you give that person? I'll say, okay, learning, like if you're three, like learn as much as you can about threeness because you can read every self-help book in the world and you're going to think that they all apply to you because you're a chameleon. Like you're, you're a whole lot of things, but if you're a three, you need to be careful almost like what kind of advice you let in, what people you let in, what like goals you adopt, what companies you work for, because you are going to be very effective at something. And if you don't choose what that something is, you can be really destructive or, or you can do something neutral, you know, like even if it's not harmful but it's not on your path like you're gonna go 10 years by maybe you'll get a bunch of promotions and awards but it's not gonna mean anything to you unless you're in alignment and so understanding the threeness like you're gonna read one book that says like 
you need to do this every day. So like you're running a marathon, it's going to say you need to run every day and you're going to run every day. Or you're going to like any of this advice that says, go, 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 or go harder. You're going to listen to it and it's going to break you. And it's like breaking is going to hurt because you're like, why am I broken? I, I was doing so well, you know? So if you can, and this is of course, a lot of projection, not every three goes through this, but like little three that just discovered the Enneagram, like you're susceptible to this. So having the the roadmap to yourself, like your own operating instructions allows you to understand like, no, I don't need to go harder because I went hard for the last eight weeks. I need to take a vacation. Like I need to stop taking pride in the fact that I didn't take vacation for three years. Like nobody is benefiting from that. That's not good for you, you know? And like, So I just, I want every three to understand themselves so that they can live their own fullest life and not wreak havoc on the world because that could very easily happen too. (laughs) (laughs) Man, this, this is hard because I, you know, maybe I'm showing my, my type structure because I'm like, I can't even answer this because I'm like a fake three. Like I've only been a three 15 minutes. I'm going to go tell other three because I don't, I don't feel like I know. No. (laughs) can you give advice to someone who is mistyped and maybe some tips or advice that would help them if someone like mistyped and they're like oh my goodness i feel some kind of way about it what tips or information can you give about that just keep things in perspective so the thing that's helpful for me i don't know about y'all but i know for me like when i kind of do a little too much with the enneagram it can make me go a little crazy so what i gotta do i need to Like I'll read it and I'll find one or two goals. Like, oh, this is the thing I'm noticing about myself. I'm going to really try to focus and pay attention to this for an extended period of time. And that's going to be what I work on. And then I do that for a while. And when I feel like I've, you know, have made some progress, integrated that, then I come back, you know, and then I'm like, okay, what's something else? So I kind of take it, take it that way so that I'm not, hopefully not so married to my type structure that I like justify all my actions like well I'm just a three and y'all just got to understand you know this is how threes are and you know what I'm saying we're just the best and everybody should just get on my level <laughs> just integrate your three and then everything would be cool you know so I think I can definitely <laughs> I don't I try not to say this or lead with this but in my mind like I think I can approach other people like well this is what your problem and I, I feel like I have some kind of insight into what everybody else's issue is. And if they would just do this, then everything would be better. But I think having the humility to kind of realize like we're all works in progress. And if you can kind of take on the posture of assuming that people are really doing the best that they know how to do with what they know. um, I think that that releases you from a lot of anxiety and frustration. I don't know that that really answered the question, but I think, yeah, I think for me, just being able to recognize myself that like, I'm always a work in progress. So when I was a two, I was a work in progress. Now that I'm a three, I'm a work in progress. It wasn't like, man, I was almost there and now I got to start over. (laughs) It's like, no matter what type I am, I'm always going to be working. So if I find out that, man, I identified in this way and now that's different, like it's not the end. It's, it's just another beginning. So I think that's a good thing. And like we can, I don't know if this is 
most people, like when they come to the interview, I'm just kind of wanting to learn about themselves. I think we can either take one or two approaches. So we can either want to just like learn about our type and our structure. And then we kind of put that out. Like everybody's got to learn how to deal with me so that they can, you know, stop messing my life up. Or we, you know, study everybody else's type and not our own enough because we're like, they're the problem. Like, oh, you were four? Well, here's what it says. Your problem is you need to read the, you know. So I think having the balance of like if I'm if I'm more kind of given to navel gazing and always thinking about myself and my own type, like how can I start moving toward others and trying to understand them more? And if I'm the type that's always trying to understand everybody but me, maybe I need to be brave enough to turn that gaze inward. So that was really good insight because the thing about the Enneagram is all about awareness. And even if you're not sure on your type, if you grow in awareness, you're doing the work and you will find yourself. Because here's the interesting part about it. For when we do know our type, which gives us a much better path, so we'll know like a good journey of how to really get to that core stuff that we really need to deal with to really accelerate our growth. But the interesting part about along our journey, we're going to see all the other eight types that and how we actually are alike, quite a bit of them, you know. And so that's the interesting component of it. So that was really good insight and advice and advice for looking at self-awareness, even if you are a little like shaky on your type, because the whole game is about awareness. That's when the change actually happens. So really good insight on that. So last question, last question, uh, because this has been, you know, after class, like what's really cool about the cohorts and the different after classes where we would just, we would just chop it up about really good information. Like somebody would be like, hey, I'm going, I got this going on in life. What about this information? What about this? And we would just have like a really good conversation, just chill and kick back, which I enjoyed so much because y'all are just amazing people. But one question is, what would you say to the person who is on the fence of whether they should join the program for cohort number two and they're not sure? What advice or what would you say to them? I would say just like dive in, jump in with both feet. Like if you are considering it, just like I'm telling you, please just trust me and just do this for you. Like whatever you're looking for, like if you're a three and you have a specific goal in mind or (laughs) if you're any number and you do, I mean, it's just going to give you more of what you need. Like that's what it did for me. It helped me get more in alignment with myself and my values and identify who I am as opposed to just like being there for everyone, um, whatever they need me to be. And um, it helped me in my career. It helped me in my relationships. It helped me in my self-awareness and my happiness. And, you know, I schedule and rest more and I have more fulfilling things on my schedule. And so it helps you reprioritize like just every, whatever you need it's going to help you with whether or not you intended it to or not. Like there's no, no harm. I mean, (laughs) there's definitely no harm. There's so much to be gained and you don't, you'll get to know some really cool people. Like I still keep in touch with some of them. And like, I don't know, it's, it's a really amazing container for growth and just really fun. So there's no reason not to. Yeah. That's a great answer. I would definitely co-sign on all of that for sure. I just think it's a great way to take responsibility for your own life and for your own like growth and your own happiness and fulfillment, like Caroline was saying. And, you know, I I can now understanding that I'm a three and just so many, so many different things about that. Like I can look back on seasons of my life and see not that I necessarily like did things I didn't want to do, but 
there were so many ways that I kind of like outsourced my own growth or just allowed myself to get just swept up in the current of life. And I was going along and pursuing goals that, you know, were worthy, but weren't necessarily like what I wanted. Like I was telling a friend the other day, like this has meant so much to me because I feel like this is something that was mine and I chose it and I wanted to do it and I did it. And it was wasn't like for a grade or for work. It was for me, you know? Um, so I think that it's just a really, like Caroline said, a really great container for growth. I really don't see a downside. I know I want to be respectful of people that really got to think about stuff, but sometimes you just got to do it. So I would definitely say be all in. Like if you're going to be in, be all in. It's okay to be nervous or hesitant, whatever, but like really let yourself engage the material and do the work and engage the people and be present in class. And you're going to definitely get out what you put in and more. Awesome. Awesome. Um, where can they reach you at if you want to be reached? Yes, I would love to be reached. My number is... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so this sounds like, oh. reached, <laughs> No, just kidding. No, uh, my personal Instagram is caroline underscore and the city. But also, I'm going to be starting a new podcast soon um, called Dear Stranger. So you can find that on Instagram, Dear Stranger Podcast. Um, it's about random acts of kindness, positivity, and um, it's not an Enneagram podcast, but I mean, I've got this wealth of knowledge. So you know I'm going to be talking about Enneagram types. So uh, Dear Stranger Podcast is the handle on Instagram and dearstrangerpodcast.com. I see you, girl. Yes. Follow, 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 follow. Yes, please follow it. <laughs> Y'all can send me an email. My my email address is it's it's Melanie Taylor. So I T S Melanie Taylor M E L A N I E Taylor at gmail.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you both for being on the show today. This is absolutely amazing. This conversation could go on for hours because, you know, we could just talk and talk and talk, but then we'd get hungry. And so then we'd probably eat and talk, but we're not going to do all this on this episode. All right. I know, right? That self is so real right now. You know, I'd be eating. Y'all don't want to hear that. <laughs> Melanie be like, I don't have my camera. I got some nachos. Y'all don't want to see this. I, I be eating all my conferences. It's so interesting. Not when I'm teaching, but like when I'm not, I'll be in the back in the Zoom. <laughs> I made some cookies yesterday. But anyway, homemade chocolate chip. Them joints fire. All right. So this is, uh, thank you so much. For those listening, the KSEP Cohort Part 2 program starts August the 5th. All right. You can go to kaizencareersacademy.thinkific.com to sign up. And I'm going to have it in the show notes because I know that's a long URL. So I'm going to have it in the show notes so you can click there and sign up. There's only 18 spots left. I'm only taking 20 people because I want it to be a condensed group where it's close-knit, not too big, not too small, but a really, really wonderful community of people who eventually join an even bigger community after that of people who've been through the program, the, the first cohort. Absolutely incredible people. I want to give a shout out to a couple of Patreon supporters. Al B, I'm just going to say their last name is not their whole last name, but Carly H, Kathleen Z, and Natalie B. Thank you so much for your support of the Do It For The Gram Enneagram podcast. Shout out to you. And for anyone who wants to help keep this podcast going, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. And um, there you can go and support the podcast. Sometimes you get unreleased episodes. You might get um, discounts or different things. And you're able able to have that contact with me and information if you need something quicker and you're thinking about the Enneagram space for sure. Also, besides that... 
few upcoming events. The Enneagram Summit by Sarah Jane Case is going to happen May 24th through 28th. I'm doing a presentation on the importance of inner and outer Enneagram work in that one. And I'm also on a type seven panel, which is always fun to see a panel full of sevens. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know, right? It's just energy everywhere. Like, listen, when you talk about people giving you like, you know, verbal feedback, because a lot of people, I mean, nonverbal feedback, a lot of people don't necessarily always give you nonverbal feedback on Zoom and stuff. So you don't know how well you're doing or how bad you're doing. Like, but sevens be like, "Mm mm-hmm, head shaking. Yeah, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I was like, yes. I was like, yes. Keep going. Make me feel like I'm doing something well. Thank you. And so that's going to be exciting for sure. Don't forget the IEA uh, International Enneagram Conference is coming up as well, which is you can sign up. I'm also doing, I'm teaching five, sixes, and sevens about them in the discovery track. You can go there also. So you can find all of that at kaizencareers.com or at my Instagram to sign up at the link tree in the bio. So thank you all for listening. If you feel yourself about to get triggered and do something crazy out of your mind, or like we were talking about before, your instincts are going a little wild, take a deep breath and make a better choice and do it for the gram. The Enneagram will course. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Do it for the Grand podcast editing and mixing is done by Saw and Sign. Information will be in the show notes.